Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the CX Cast. I'm your host, Angelina Jenis, and this week I have the privilege of having as a guest Linda Goldstein, who is CSAA Insurance Group's Executive Vice President for Customer Experience and Marketing. Welcome, Linda. Thanks for having me. Of course. Do you mind starting off by describing your role a little bit? Sure. I'm uh, responsible for the customer experience and marketing for our personal lines and commercial lines insurance. And so as part of that, it's really about focusing on the customer and developing new and innovative solutions to increase the efficiency and effectiveness while delivering a superior customer experience that helps our customers prepare, prevent, and recover from life's uncertainty. Wow. Yeah, quite the undertaking. And actually, I understand that you have taken on quite a few challenges in your role successfully. And today I wanted to address not one, but two major questions that come up with other CX leaders. One is how to innovate on that customer experience with confidence without, without missing the mark. And the other is how CX and marketing can work together or work better together to determine that future state and build a path to get to it. So starting with the latter, do you mind sharing how CX and marketing work together in your organization? Absolutely. So within our organization, they're actually housed together. So customer experience and marketing are in the same division. And we believe that to be successful marketers, you need to understand the customer and leverage those insights and turn them into action. So for us, we put the customer at the beginning, the middle, and the end of all of our organizational decisions, making sure that we are very thoughtful about what does it mean from their perspective, not just ours. So to give you some like additional context around that, yeah, we kind of think about it from every business problem is really an outcome of a customer problem or pain point. No customer sits around and says, oh, I'm going to, you know, a trite today or... I want to think about how I can engage better with my insurance company. What they think about is the journey that they're on and how easy or difficult it is for them to do the things they want to do. So from our perspective, about two years ago, we really started to take a page from some of the startups and look at design thinking, lean startup and agile methodologies that would enable us to look at the customer journeys and innovate those experiences in new and different ways in a shorter timeline so that we could deliver better outcomes. Got it. And I know that a lot of CX and marketing teams that work together struggle a little bit with the gray area where their skill sets overlap and maybe their responsibilities overlap. Has that been the case at CSAA? And how have you looked at that? I don't think it really exists for us because we're in the same division. So we're all on the same team. Mm -hmm. So from a perspective of the CX group, their role is to help understand the customer's perspective and the customer lens and to help inform what the marketing group is doing in new and different ways. And so because we're on the same team and we create these agile, what we call agile teams that have cross-functional representation from across the organization, We're able to work together to map the journey, use the data to derive insights that we're then able to test with customers, prototype solutions, and then kind of innovate and iterate beyond that point. Mm -hmm. So it's really a team effort and it is leveraging the skill sets of each group because customer experience is around deriving those insights, 
marketing is taking them and turning them into action in conjunction with customer experience. And we think of it as kind of a circle where there's an insight that gets turned into an action that then feeds back into the customer insights again. It's an ever-evolving process, especially today. And I would say today, particularly, because everything that we thought we knew, we may not know anymore. Customer behavior is changing as a result of the pandemic. You know, things that were tried and true or we all thought were absolutes may not be the case going forward. So this kind of feedback mechanism and loop of insights into action and then feedback back to insights, back to action, back to feedback is super important and is how we're trying to operate now. Hmm. Gotcha. And these teams, are they based on customer journeys or are they founded once an insight is derived from, say, a journey? We actually have built them around journeys. So we've identified four journeys of which two are currently under the microscope, if you will, and being actively worked. One has been worked to significant improvements in the experience with continued iterations. And the two we're actively working right now are what we're calling the onboarding journey, which is shopping through bind and beyond. And then the other is our retention journey. And we don't call them onboarding and retention. We actually call them, you know, how can AAA insurance win my business? And how can AAA insurance keep my business? And so those journeys, again, have taken the business problem of onboarding and renewal and put them into what is the customer's question or issue that we need to solve to derive and drive towards the business outcome that we want. Any specific examples of something one of those agile teams have worked on that did have a a clear positive business outcome? Absolutely. I'll give you three different examples. A great example of the methodology in action was actually around how can AAA insurance keep my business, otherwise known in, you know, from a business problem of retention? One of the greater challenges is customers get a bill and they don't understand why their premium changes from year to year, especially if it goes up. So in the case of auto, for example, the reasons can be that they got a ticket, they had an accident. It can be they added a vehicle, added a driver, deleted. It can also be market factors. And if you don't understand exactly why that's happened, you kind of go into an uncomfortable discussion with a customer around why it changes. So what we did was this team identified that as a pain point for both customers and agents. And one night in a hotel room, one of our developers actually wrote the code and developed a tool that shows exactly why the premium changed. So it gave you all of the components of the premium and what changed, you know, what went up, what went down, what stayed the same, so that the agents can have a more robust conversation with customers. Because telling a customer that, oh, there was a ticket or you added a vehicle takes a lot out of the black box discussion of, well, it was a market factor. And you're able to then satisfy the customer's need for why did my premium change in a rational way, as opposed to one that doesn't elicit necessarily a rational reaction. And that tool has saved a tremendous number of policies, but it's also created an efficiency in that conversation with the agents in the field and agents in the call center where the conversations are much shorter because they're able to point to specific examples. They're not toggling between screens or trying to identify those changes. The tool has done that for them. 
So that's one example. Another example that we identified was in our claims process at the onset of the pandemic, which was people have a claim. They don't necessarily want to interact with a person right now. There's a lot of anxiety around how do I file my claim? Do I have to have an adjuster come look at my car or look at my house? Do they have to come in? Do they have to touch things? So now we've developed an opportunity where they can upload those pictures for the adjuster so that we can eliminate that process. So if you want somebody to come, they'll come. But if you don't, we have a methodology around that to address the concerns of the customer and the changing customer environment. And last but not least, was we developed uh, through this Agile team, the ability to communicate with customers when they most need us to. And one of the pain points identified was, you know, we send a bill, but we need to send reminders. And a lot of times we send an email reminder that your bill, you know, don't forget to pay your bill in seven days, it's due. Mm -hmm. We actually optimized a text system so that folks can get a payment reminder via text. But not just if you haven't paid your bill, but if we notice that there's been a change to your credit card so that we're able to make sure that it's a seamless process. So while the credit card updater models work great, they're not perfect. So how do we kind of fill that void for customers so that they don't lapse? And so we put in an entire protocol based on that pain point that has been quite successful and customers have responded super favorably to I love these examples because you mentioned how they make the transaction more effective, how they make it easier for the customer and the employee. But there's also clearly an avoidance of negative emotion, a consideration towards the customer to say, you know, insurance can be emotional and we want to prevent negative emotions that we have control over. Absolutely. We view our mission to help our policyholders prepare, prevent, and recover from life's uncertainties. And these are big events for people. You know, no matter whether it's a total loss or a partial, something bad has happened to them. So we need to understand that and have that empathy in our engagement with our customers so that they have a positive experience despite the conditions of the experience. It's a really delicate balance, but it's again looking at everything from the view of the customer. Everything and every decision that we make must start and end with the customer and how it will be perceived by them. That's how we build loyalty. That's how we build engagement. And that's how we deliver value to our customers. So it's funny because I know that this is everyone's best intention to always think about the customer, to come up with the solution that's the best fit for the customer. But, and I know I'm shifting the conversation a little here. We had mentioned before when we first spoke about all those shiny objects that can distract us, even with the best intentions, AI, IoT, RPA, all have the potential to enable that future state customer journey we're working towards. But I thought that you had some interesting thoughts around how to kind of balance those shiny objects and was wondering if you could speak a little bit about how to figure out what makes sense for the customer and the business. Sure. I think, you know, we can all get distracted by shiny objects and technology. I think the idea here is that, you know, all of these tools are enablers for a better customer experience. So we use them to help and augment our processes. It's a little bit of art and science, and you can't go all the way to the science or all the way to the art. 
there's a, a delicate balance. And so we're using those tools to help identify the insights so that we can then improve our processes and our experiences in ways that will be meaningful for the customer. But if you go all the, you know, AI is not artificial intelligence. It should be thought of as augmented. It cannot replace the art of understanding the customer and those nuances. It can help guide the decision. So when we look at things like how can we automate processes, it's not wholly to one end of the extreme or the other. It's a balance and it's how do they enable the experience? How do they enable the journey? How do they help identify efficiencies that can allow uh, a redeployment of resources, both human and capital, not going to either extreme. Mm-hmm. And where does that expertise come from? Is it from the marketing folks or the CX folks to determine those opportunities? I think it's a combination. You know, through some of our CX work and our these agile teams that we talked about, We've identified opportunities to automate and develop models and use AI for things like predicting churn or predicting lifetime value and creating these, you know, learning models using some of the cool tools that are available. But the marketing folks have to be able to use them in a meaningful way. So they'll go out and test them and try them out and see, do we get the kind of response? Do we get the kind of outcome that we're desiring? And if not, we're, we subscribe to the PPK philosophy, the persevere, pivot, or kill. <laughs> and so if it's working, we'll persevere and continue to iterate. But through that process, we may identify a different path that we want to go. So the team will pivot and adjust those models or tools to a different purpose or a different outcome. And then sometimes, you know, we, we go down that path like we all do. And not everything is a home run. And sometimes we say that tool or that idea or that model isn't doing what we need and we don't really know what to do with it. So we're going to kind of kill it for now, put it on a backlog and maybe revisit it later. But the idea here is it's a a fluid process where the team is working together to figure out how to execute against it. So one may identify it or build it. Another is the one that's going to, you know, have to put it in market and figure out, is it, is it working as expected? And it is in a very fluid and iterative process. Um, and that's part of the agile methodology, right? Which is, you know, you try something, not everything's going to be a home run. And we don't wait till everything is, you know, 110% perfect. Things are going to go in that aren't perfect. And we know they're not. We may know that there are certain places where the experience may break. But if we don't kind of put in that MVP, that, you know, minimally viable proposition, we won't get the learning to know if we should continue to invest the resources in it. Great. So what are the key things that teams should focus on to be successful? The key thing for folks to think about in having customer experience and marketing work together to identify innovative solutions, again, is always flipping your business problem to the customer's problem. Customers don't have business problems. They have personal problems in an experience, which is what results in the business problem. So for us, I think that was an aha moment a couple of years ago when it was, we don't have a business problem, we have a customer problem. And the customer problem is what needs to be solved to get to the business solution. And so, you know, utilizing all of the tools in everyone's toolbox is what you need to do. And you don't have to have all the fancy tools. You just need to be able to to rephrase, you know, kind of rephrase that problem to get to a different perspective. 
I like that point. I think a lot of CX teams can get a little stuck trying to prove the business value of a customer problem without also looking at it the other way around and saying, what business metrics are important to our leaders and our decision makers? And how is that connected to customer problems? I completely agree. I think, you know, it leads you down the path of understanding your process, your customer's journey, where are their pain points, where are your pain points, and how can you think creatively to solve for both and not just focus on a business metric, but what is behind the business metric is what really matters. Because if you don't fix that, you don't keep your customers. And if you don't keep your customers, you don't have a business. That's great. And one final question I had for you, Linda, I would like to ask for CX leaders that are hoping to partner with marketing better when they are distinct parts of the organization, what recommendations would you give those CX leaders? Facts and data are probably your best tools to win people over. We like to, you know, we research the challenge that we're put, you know, tasking a team with. We go into our data, we go back and we really look to understand customer behavior metrics and the business metrics and the data to support the challenge and the opportunity. So when you use that, you take the emotion out of that discussion. While everyone should be passionate and emotional about meeting their customer needs, when you have facts and data to support the business case and to support the outcomes you desire, it makes the conversation so much easier. So while you're putting the customer at the beginning, middle, and end, you also have to have the data to back up that decision so that you are confident in the path that you're going down. So it's, you can't just say, you know, I think, or I think they'd like, because that's really nice. But when you have the data to show where you are, where you want to go, whether it's industry data or your own customer data, it certainly makes that conversation a lot easier and will help point you in the right direction. Great advice. That is Linda Goldstein. She is CSAA Insurance Group's Executive Vice President for Customer Experience and Marketing. Linda, thank you so much for joining today. Thanks so much for having me. And we'll catch everyone next week on the CX Cast. Bye for now. 